Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I'm your host, Q-Dog, a.k.a. Quentin, a.k.a. a huge Cubs fan, which I sometimes don't get to show on the show because I like to talk everything baseball. But on today's episode, I talk Cubs baseball. Had my man, Kyle Malzahn, over at Cubs Live. You can find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore life, one of the biggest and most popular Cubs Twitters out there. He's also got a website, CubsLive.Weebly.com. This guy's everything Cubs. If you are a Cubs fan, he is your man. And that's what we did on today's episode. It's exciting. Baseball's here. Playoff baseball is here. So we talked everything NL Central race, what the playoffs might look like, starting pitching, bullpens, starting lineups, defense, the whole nine. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I'm your host, Q-Dog, Quentin. Call me what you want to call me. You know the deal. But finally, finally, back on the mic at the Sweet Bee Studios is my man Kyle Malzahn at Cubs Live. Kyle, what is going on, man? What's up, man? Oh, man, Cubs baseball back in action. We're in the final week of baseball. October heating up, man. I can't wait for it. Me and you back on into the podcast. It, it, like you said, bro, it's like Step Brothers, Brennan, Dale. It's nothing better, you know? Dude, it is, man, because you know with the Chicago Cubs, man, you got all these combos coming in hot in the postseason. You got Bryant. You got Rizzo. You got Javi. You got Bodie. You got Daniel Murphy. You got Kyle. You got Quentin. We are along for the ride, man. We are pumped for the Chicago Cubs postseason run. Their magic number right now is at five. They're coming in hot. We just had a phenomenal day right now with the Cubs won six to one. We saw another seven plus inning performance, maybe just seven innings from Kyle Hendricks. I would say at least three of his last like maybe six or seven starts have been seven innings or more. His last two starts have been eight and two thirds and seven innings. You got guys getting hot at the right time. Dude, Kyle, how excited are you for this run? Dude, it's been crazy, you know, the past four years really for Cubs, it's been a pleasure. And like we always say, it's been the golden era of Cubs baseball. It's so hard in Major League Baseball to win 90 games, let alone four years in a row the oh, Cubs yeah. have done it. And the Cubs this season, it's different because 2016 was such a treat for us, you know, such an easy ride to the postseason, get in, kind of run the table and uh, ultimately win the World Series for the first time in 108 years. But this season, we've had so much adversity to overcome. You know, you got you Darvish who went out our big off-season off you know, signing. We've had our MVP, Chris Bryan, out, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge blow. But, you know, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. David Bodie, he stepped up. And we've had our rotation really not figure it out. We had our closer, who's going to be done the whole season. Uh, we've done this really with no set-in closer. So uh, we added some veteran guys to our team. So it's been, it's been a crazy ride. And this last week of baseball facing the Pirates and then closing out with St. Louis, with the division on the line, like you said, five games is the magic number. It's been a ride for sure, and October's looking yet again pretty sweet for the Cubs. Dude, and you said it hands down, four straight seasons, 90-plus wins. In my eyes, you're looking at a team that's peaking. So if I go back from the Cubs from 2015 to now, one thing that's really stood out with what you just said is the Cubs are doing this with a lot of key pieces out. Tyler Chatwood. That didn't work out like we thought it would. Hugh Darvish is out for the year. Brandon Morrow's out for the year. Pedro Strope hopefully comes back for the playoffs. There's been a lot of talk, and this may be a stretch, but I stand by it. A lot of talk in Major League Baseball about teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, 
who are doing a lot with a little. You've got the Oakland A's who are like who stand out because they're doing a lot with a little and hanging tough with the New York Yankees. But as it sits right now, you got a Chicago Cubs team who has been MVP Chris Bryant has been out for a big portion of the year. Anthony Rizzo got off to a slower than usual start. He might not hit his usual 32 home runs this season, which is really funny. Because, you know, Rizzo, what's he hit? 32 home runs like three seasons in a row or something? Um, yeah, right. And then, like, you know, all their, their bullpen, if you, if, the, if you were to take me to, like, last August – and read me the names of the Cubs bullpen for 2018, I would have been like, holy crap, like we're in trouble. Like Pedro's out, we got no closer. <laughs> like what are we going to do? But this is a team that's leading the National League. They're setting the bar, and they're doing it in ways that are completely unexpected. And this is a team, and we're seeing it right now, this Cubs organization is peaking because they're doing things, they're doing more with less. This is a team that could easily crumble under an Anthony Rizzo slower than usual start. Um, Addison Russell not doing what we thought he was going to do. Um, you know, like the starting rotation with like you Darvish. Like that would have been big trouble, but it's not happening. And one of the things I want to talk about first is Javi Baez. Man, this is a guy that back in 2015, 2016, free swinger. Played the game like super loose. What it seemed like with every great play you got, you might have got like an overthrow or a strikeout that literally almost sw swung him out of his shoes. But what I want to ask you is this, man. With Addison Russell being out of the picture right now and Javi Baez moving to shortstop, okay, what do you think yep. the – first and foremost, um, what does the Addison Russell loss – how does this impact the team? And in your eyes, how does this defense look going forward with Javi shifting to shortstop? How does the infield look? And then what is the impact of Addison Russell being out? Right. I, I don't want to say it betters this team, but when it comes to the Cubs, like we say, they've always had options. And now you're in a situation where if Addison Russell doesn't play another game in a Cubs uniform, it almost guarantees a spot for David Bodie on the playoff roster. Mm -hmm. And let's talk a little bit about David, David Bodie and how, like, realize how big his presence has been with the Cubs this far because the guy came up, put the team on his back in big ways in some games, and Chris Bryant goes out, MVP player, and Bodie fills his shoes just fine. So he's been huge, but you're looking at Baez at shortstop. Bodie and Bryant probably sharing time at third base. Uh, you, you know, you got Daniel Murphy and Ben Zobrist now sharing time at second base. And the, the beauty of the Cubs' versatility is you can have Bodie Bryant or Zobrist all in the outfield giving days off for Schwarber, for Elmora, for Hayward. It, it, you know, yes, the Cubs sure take a little blow on the defensive side, but Baez is going to get the do job done at shortstop. And you're going to see defensive switches that the Cubs are up late in games, at, you know, at second base if Murphy's playing it. Because let's be real, the Cubs got Murphy for his bat and not the defense because we've seen it displayed when they're trying to turn a double play he mm -hmm. most likely he bounces it to Rizzo. So uh, you're going to see a lot of David Bodie in the everyday lineup. And for me right now, I like it, even though he hit a little, you know, pitchers are starting to figure him out, but the kid is special. And I think he's going to have a big time spot on this roster. Yeah. And how's Bodie, how's he looking to you defensively? Cause from what I've seen, he's a damn good defender. 
Yeah, dude, he's he filled the shoes for Chris Bryant over at third base really well, you know, and now he's getting some reps in the outfield. And Matt said midseason when Bodie came up that he's going to give looks to Bodie in the outfield too in spring training. So, uh, you know, the Cubs the Cubs like that versatility, and it's huge for you know when guys like you know Bryant go out unexpectedly, they can have and you know now we're sitting here with Russell out. And good thing the Cubs back in 2015 didn't trade Baez because I don't know where this team would be if we didn't have a Baez. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bodie's been exceptional on defense, and like I said, he hit a little—he's in a little slump offensively, but he's getting the job done, and that's really what the Cubs need come this time of the year. Yeah, and one of the things I feel comfortable with David Bodie is it doesn't seem like the spotlight phases him, and when you're coming into October, that's huge because athletes, and I mean because we're all human beings. Things change when October comes. Now, Bodie hasn't played in October before. Like, I get that. But Bodie is hanging out with a bunch of guys in a clubhouse that have all been there. And he's fitting in good. Because when you talk about that human pressure of getting called up from AAA and playing with this team, with all of these guys that have been to the World Series, that have been to the postseason, you could lose yourself in a situation like that. And you mentioned, yeah, a little bit of slump with Bodie because pitchers are starting to figure him out, but he's in a good clubhouse, so he's got to make that adjustment. But it's super impressive what he's been able to do around all of these guys. And I think that speaks volumes right now to the shape that the Cubs clubhouse is in because the clubhouse could easily be kind of down in the dumps. Like they literally just played for 30 days straight, they're a key piece, and that 30-day straight, like, it frustrated a lot of guys. Rizzo was like, dude, we've had enough of each other. Even Joe Madden said that he was in so many hotel rooms that one day he thought he was walking into the bathroom, like, at night. He got up to take a pee, and he ran right into a wall because he literally had no clue where he was at because that's how much they <laughs> traveled. But it's something, right. that's what this clubhouse is doing right now, man. Even the clubhouse is peaking. At the same time, they're getting drug through the mud. In this 30-game yeah. stretch where they've just went 18-11, and 11, like, it sucks. But even I think Mike Montgomery said it, like, as soon as, the ro- as soon as the trip was over and they got a day off, he was like, this might be one of those things that makes us better at the end. Because right now, they've just finished probably a tougher stretch of playing baseball, one that hurts, one that's exhausting. And it might be more so than anything they face in the postseason because postseason gives you days off. And they didn't have yep. any of that right now. And for all of that, man, the clubhouse is in good shape. And just like you said, man, it's the versatility of this team. They can go out and do whatever. And Javi Baez, my man, I am <laughs> never so excited. Dude, all, from all the way back when Javi got called up, dude, I would never want to miss a Javi Baez at bat. Because he swings the baseball bat so hard. And that's how yeah. he plays the field, man. I don't have the words that can tell me like what I think about Javi Baez. Because Javi Baez like, shouldn't exist in real life. But he is a guy. He's like the Einstein of baseball. But he's also like the Picasso of baseball. Because it's like he can see the picture get painted before like we know the brush stroke. So before we're right. thinking about Javi getting to second, Javi's planning on getting to third. And that's what makes him so good is because he's ahead of you, right? If you want to throw him a first pitch strike, good luck because he's going to bash the hell out of it. But he's just so far ahead of everybody and how he thinks. And statistically, 
Like, he doesn't lead the National League in war, right? He doesn't lead the National League in home runs. He does lead the NL in RBIs. But as far as his baseball acumen, man, it is completely all anyone talks about, like in the media. Like, if you read anything that's written or watch MLB Network. Dude, but it's 100% true, man. Like, how impressed are you watching Javi Baez play? And what's your favorite thing about Javi Baez on the field? I think Javier Baez is that player the Cubs have always hoped to get out of him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's exciting defensively, offensively. He's having the best year of his life right now, and he's just riding the wave. And it's it's not like he's hitting slumps, dude. He keeps on producing. And it's crazy because, I mean, the guy right now, he's leading the NL in RBIs. And the last time mm-hmm. a Cub led the NL in RBIs was 2001, and that was Sammy Sosa. Yeah. So it's been a while, and – and I don't know where the Cubs would be right now without Javier Baez. And, you know, he's sitting there right now in that MVP conversation with Christian Yelich. And a lot of fans are saying that, sure, Baez sure deserves it, but Christian Yelich is putting together himself a yeah. nice season. So it's going to be neck and neck between those two. And the best thing I think about Javier Baez's game is we don't know what to expect out of him, right? And that's, I think, the best thing because every night you don't know what you're going to get. You might get a four-strikeout night but you might get a game where he hits three homers and, you know, maybe not three homers, but he does something extravagant offensively. Then he makes a defensive gem. gem. It's like the highlight reel just keeps on going for Javier Baez. And even though it's crazy because, like you said, he doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't get, you know, he, he doesn't know how to take a walk right now. He's swinging at 56% of the pitches, uh, but he's still putting up the numbers. And he's never, I don't think he will ever be a big uh, on-base percentage guy. But I don't think the Cubs need that out of him. And like you said, he takes big hacks, and with those big hacks come big homers. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're sitting right now. I mean, the guy the, the guy has 34 homers, 110 RBIs, 97 runs driven in. I don't know what more you can expect out of a Javier Baez, and it's been a lot of fun to watch this guy play. Dude, 100%, man. And, yeah, that on-base percentage stuff, dude, you can keep it because I know when my guy gets on base, like, he's moving, you know what I mean? So what's a 400 exactly. on-base percentage for a guy? I've Every time I turn on the TV, Javi Baez is running to first and third. Like, just what he does. Exactly. Like, it's just an automatic. Like, that's what he's doing. Um, super, yeah. super good stuff, man. Um, what? Dude, I'm so interested in how you'll answer this question because Joe Madden, dude, he's moving his lineup all over the place. There's not a better organization in baseball that – builds their players to do everything like Joe Madden and the Cubs do. What's your ideal one, two, three in this lineup, right? So you're the Cubs manager. You're going into the NLDS playing the Brewers or the Cardinals, which we're going to get into. Who do you bat one, two, and three, man? Who do you like? Oh, God. If, if you That's were so to hard, look right? at my Cubs lot. If you were to look at my Cubs live mentions, you would think I'm the manager with all the people that are mad when the Cubs start losing. But my ideal three right now, I really like Daniel Murphy in that leadoff role. You know, he's batting over 322 games this season leading off. And even though he's hit kind of a slump with the Cubs as of late, he's still that guy for me. And I really like the combination of Murphy, Zobrist, and Baez right now, followed by Rizzo and Bryant because – Zobris has been so good this season for the Cubs, which surprised a lot of Cubs fans and even me right now because he struggled so much last year, and I thought maybe that age was catching up to him, but 37 years old right now, and he's hitting 314, and if he turns it around like he did this past series versus the White Sox, he could be battling for an NL batting title, which is crazy. He's batting 314 at 37. Ben Zobris, it's ridiculous. And then, obviously, Baez hitting third, like we just said. What can you say about this guy? Sure, he doesn't take a lot of walks, like we said, but that's the type of guy Baez is. He's going to swing. He's going to put up the numbers. And all season long, it's been phenomenal watching him. And he's sitting in an MVP conversation. So Murphy, 
Zobers, Baez, my ideal top three guys in the order. But with Joe Madden, like you said, you never know what you're going to get in that everyday lineup. Very rarely does he keep it consistent. Dude, and that's got to really burn opposing teams bad because, like, to have this lineup where you can put guys everywhere, I mean, where you've literally had, like, Kyle Schwarber bat leadoff before, if you're going to try to prep for these guys come October, like, good luck because you don't know what you're going to get, like, at all. And I think that makes them super, super strong coming into this thing. Right. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, these guys have batted one through nine. Javier Baez has, and he's still putting up the numbers. So it doesn't matter where you put these guys. It seems like they're always going to perform. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. So they're going to go. So obviously, NL MVP favorites like Christian Yelich, dude, two cycles in three weeks. The kid, I mean, he's crazy. He's batting well over 300. He's hitting for power now. He can steal bases. What do you think realistically is going to happen with the NL MVP NL MVP vote? Because I think what voters are going to be looking at is you've got Christian Yelich with the stats. So, like, post-All-Star break, the two best hitters in all of baseball are Ronald Acuna Jr. and Christian Yelich. If you look at, like, weighted runs created, like OPS war, all that stuff, right? How do you think these voters are going to go? Is Javi Baez's versatility, and when I say versatility, like I just don't mean what he can do on the bases, where like stealing, hitting singles, and going to third, but like his defense, he seems to play gold glove defense at third, short, and second. And a move to simply from third to short isn't that easy because like if you look at Manny Machado, he's a gold glover at third, but when you put him over to short – it, it's not the same story. So to say, oh, well, Javi right. Baez is a good defender. You can move guys anywhere, and if they're good, they're good. That's not really the case. So in your opinion, yeah. is that versatility enough to put Javi Baez over the edge and win the NL MVP? Man, it's hard because when you think of NL MVP, I don't know a lot of times that defense – It, I feel like defense sometimes gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Javier Baez's case, if that's not the situation, it really betters his case because – Javier Baez is the first player in Major League history out of all the years Major League Baseball has ever been in existence with all the players. He's the first player ever to hit over 30 home runs and play at least 20 games at third base, shortstop, and second base. And I think when Chris Bryant went out, it showed just how valuable you know Javier Baez was to this Cubs team because he filled in at third base. He was sliding in at second base at shortstop before we had Daniel Murphy. So the value part is there. As for Christian Yelich, it's been Christian Yelich on that offense all season long. Uh, like you said, two cycles. He's hidden well over 300, really turned it on after the all-star break. I mean, the, the, his all-star break numbers are just ridiculous. And Javier Baez has been consistent all, it's all season long, so it all depends about how these voters really rank the value part about it because Javier Baez is the best player on the best team in the NL. And for a lot of recent years, that's always been a good thing. And that's always been – you know, a thing that they take in uh, account for because if you look at 2016, Daniel Murphy put up almost better stats other than homers than Chris Bryant. He was well over an average. He was well over on base percentage. He had more RBIs, didn't have the homers, but Chris Bryant was the best player on the best team in the NL that year in the MLB. So it all depends about how these voters rank valuable. But as far as Christian Yelich and Javier Baez being the top two guys in the MVP conversation, I think it's going to be very close rather than what a lot of fans say right now. And I don't know. I don't know who's going to win it. I know these two guys are very deserving of the award. And, you know, they put together two hell of good years 
to uh, be in the position they are right now. So Baez or Yelich, either way, I'm not going to be too upset. Uh, but the best thing about it is I think this is just the start for Javier Baez and what his career entails. It's scary, man. It really is um, what Javier Baez is going to do. But first, the stat that you said about Javier Baez is absolutely nuts because they've been playing baseball for like 150 years, right? Like cars weren't invented. That was before the Model T had been invented. Those are the type of records that Javier Baez is breaking right now. Like he's doing stuff that people haven't done since like before cars existed and people were like getting polio. Like this is real stuff, my man. Crazy stats. But, dude, yeah, the defense thing, you're 100% right on that, man, because defense does not get a, enough love. Um, and that showed up, like, in this past season's Hall of Fame voting, right? Because, like, Andrew Jones is, like, arguably, like, a top two or three center fielder ever, and he got no love in the Hall of Fame. And also, right. to point to how important defense is, the Philadelphia Phillies could have had the talent to win the NL East, and they didn't. And it's mostly because their defense is so bad. And you can't exactly. underestimate that defense because they were neck and neck the whole season in the NL East. But outside of Aaron Nola, all the other pitchers on that team, they need a good defense behind him. And that's what didn't push Philly over the edge. And then to even rewind that and go to the 2016 Cubs, well, that defense was Fort Knox, man. It was airtight. Airtight on that defense. Unreal. Uh, next topic, man. I want to get into what you know about pitching. Dude, by the way, thank you so much, dude, for coming on this show, man. Running a baseball podcast, dude, I don't get to talk nearly enough Cubs baseball as I want. So uh, this is awesome, man. So thank you. Dude, I love coming on the show with you, man. It's, it's always fun. We have we could talk for hours. Dude, hours we, dude, we, could, we could totally bust off like a three-hour Joe Rogan-esque podcast and just talk baseball the whole time. But I want to know what Absolutely. you think of this whole pitching situation, dude. So I want to start with the starters and go with the relievers, right? So right. obviously – Tyler, we don't have Tyler Chatwood. We don't have you, Darvish, right? So your starters, you've got Johnny, you got Cole, you got Kyle. Um, wait, who did I forget? Cole, John, Kyle, Quintana, and Quintana. Mike Montgomery. Okay. Here's yeah. what I'm curious about. I'm dead set on the top three starters. Um, obviously, you've got John Lester, Cole Hamels, Kyle Hendricks. Dude, Kyle Hendricks is getting hot right now, man. His last seven starts, right. he's got like a two-something ERA. Jose Quintana makes me nervous, dude. Jose Quintana pitches really good against the Brewers, not so much against the Cardinals, and it's going to be one of those two teams that the Cubs play in the NLDS. And I know Mike Montgomery has bullpen experience, but what do the Cubs do with their fourth starter? Is it Quintana or is it Mike Montgomery in the postseason? Right, that's a very interesting question because Quintana hasn't had the season that we as Cubs fans really hope for, but Quintana is still Quintana. And if he's on, it could be huge for the Cubs moving forward, right? So Montgomery also looked very sharp in Arizona his last start out. So it could be very interesting what Madden does with this, you know, that fourth starter. But I think Madden will ultimately utilize Montgomery in the bullpen more come playoff time because it also gives you the option if someone struggles early, you can throw Montgomery in there and get four or five good innings in October without using key pieces in the bullpen because Montgomery's been used, used to starting games. So that could be huge too that you don't have to – you know, waste if someone struggles in the postseason, you can throw you don't have to throw in Wilson and CJ all these games because we are out tomorrow. 
Pedro Strope's gone, so the bullpen is kind of fragile as we look at it right now. But I think that Montgomery will be used out of the bullpen, and I think that's probably the best-case scenario for the Cubs right now. And hopefully you hope that Quintana can lock it in because, like you said, he pitches so well against the Brewers, who the Cubs might see in the NLDS, but you never know what you're going to get out of Quintana. But he has this stuff to be good. I don't know if it's ever going to be great, but he's a great three- or four-pitcher on this Cubs roster. Yeah, and even if you've got to, like, pair him and Quintana in a game. So, like, because it seems like what I've seen with Jose is, like, he'll he'll start off really good, and then I think, like, once you get him into, like, the fourth or fifth inning, I think stuff starts to go downhill. So I don't know if it right. would be really crazy to where, like, if you're in a series and maybe you're down, like, two games to none or two games to, like, two games to one or whatever to, like, go out maybe, like, pitch Quintana three innings and then throw Mike, like, another three or four and see what happens. But I guess that all depends on the lineup and how they hit lefties. Um, but that makes sense for exactly. sure. As far as your – um. Ah, let me ask you this. As far as the bullpen's concerned, right, this is one of the things I don't know nearly enough about. So here's what I want to ask you. Who's the most important bullpen guy right now? When you look at this Cubs bullpen, and if you say to yourself, this guy needs to perform well, and if he does, everything can be pieced together and worked out good. Who's that one guy for you? That one guy is C.J. Edwards for me right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Carl Edwards Jr. needs to lock in and really command his pitches because he's been that guy for the Cubs as of late. If that curveball's on point, C.J. Edwards is on point. But when he's off, he's off. And I'm not talking by a little, but when he's off, he's going to lose it really quick. And that's mm -hmm. what he's been doing lately. But his past two starts have looked promising. I know he gave up a few walks, but no runs. So that's huge for the Cubs. But um, Jesse Chavez, like you said, he, he, he's been so unbelievable for the Cubs thus far. I think it's been under the radar, 1.36 ERA, only allowing five runs and 33 innings pitch. So at age 35 and being a late-season pickup for the Cubs, with all the injuries that this bullpen has had endured, it's been huge for Chavez to step up. And I really like Steve Cizek, too. But it seems like all the times that Joe Madden turned to him early on in the season, it's been catching up to him lately because he's been unreliable. But uh, C-Shack is one that I really like, too, that, you know, that sidearm submarine-style type deal from a guy. Um, so, but, Joe, you know, Joe Madden, he – I, you know, a lot of people give him crap about his, you know, roster, his bullpen usage, and he might make a mistake here and there, but it's been pretty fair this season. And I think the biggest guy right now in the bullpen that the Cubs need to step up are Carl Edwards Jr. And let me note this, that Justin Wilson has been really good. And I don't know a lot of people expected that if you looked at him last season on the Cubs because it was walk central, right? I mean, just walking yeah. batters left and right, but Justin Wilson is a guy that's been super good as of late, and that doesn't get talked about enough. So I, li I like Wilson, I like C.J. Edwards, and I like Chavez right now, and I do think that hopefully Pedro Stroke can get back in the NLCS, uh, if not the NLDS, if the Cubs make it that far. But I really want C.J. Edwards to get on point because that curveball, man, it makes hitters look foolish. Dude, I love – first of all, did you see Carl Edwards Jr.'s uh, nickname on Players Weekend? Yeah, the string, uh, the string bean slinger. Dude, listen, so, so in 2017, when he had, like, Carl's Jr. on the back of his uh, jersey, I was disappointed, man, because I knew that nickname, string bean slinger, and it's one of the best in all of baseball, dude. So when the Players Weekend jerseys came out, I was like, that's my guy, man. <laughs> dude, I love it. 
And there's something so fun about watching Carl Edwards pitch because this is a guy that was like a 40th round draft pick or something crazy. I'm wanting to say Cub Scouts. I read this dude like on Wikipedia like last year or something. So, you know, it's got to be true, right? <laughs> um, that like scouts found him at like a South Carolina adult league, like throwing heat or something like that. So like Carl right. Edwards has like this, uh, this story about him where it's just like, he didn't really come from much, but dude, he gets up on this big stage and he's got this just old South Carolina country fastball, man. And he like, when he throws the ball back, like his arm comes back real big, dude. And he's right. blast to watch, man. I love dude, it. Dude, you're spot on on Justin Wilson though, man. And that goes back to the point, dude, you knock a cup down and another one gets up and that's what happens, man. It's that mentality in this clubhouse, and it's like something ticks in Justin Wilson. So now when you look at his innings pitched and his ERA, it looks like it did that last season he was with the Tigers. And that's a power lefty. He can throw a ball pretty hard, man. Everyone needs a lefty in their bullpen, dude. That Justin Wilson thing is huge. And oh, Chavez, man, has like since – oh, dude, hold on. Like since the All-Star break, I think – or maybe since like August or something, he's got like the third highest war on the pitching staff. And it's like him and a bunch of starters and just what he's been able to do. He can go out and give you two or three innings if he has to. But one of the things I like about him as a reliever, because what the Cubs are going to run into, which you run into every postseason, is most of the time your relievers are going to come in dirty innings, man. That's just how it goes. Unless you're like the ninth inning guy and it's a, you know, and you just come in clean. And to do that's like super hard, right? When we come in with runners on base, dude's hardest can be. And what Chavez does is he doesn't walk a lot of guys. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Because he's a guy, he's a, he's a real big location guy. He's not going to blow you away with a fastball, but he seems to be really good at putting the ball where it's at. And I'm wanting to say his turnaround, because a lot of times like people say like a change of scenery, oh, he's just playing in the National League. Guys aren't used to him yet. But before he was even traded to the Cubs, he changed his arm slot like where he was releasing the ball. And so that's why you're seeing better stats from him. Jesse Chavez isn't pitching because he's pitching better because he's a Cub now. He's pitching better because he made an adjustment. And someone from the Cubs saw it or this thing just intersected and everyone got lucky on the north side. But it's crazy, man, with the way he's pitching and all these guys are pitching. I just can't get over how – the spots are filling in. But I the bullpen numbers for the Cubs, what it seems like is they're kind of just middle of the pack. If you look up any of their bullpen stats, they're like 12th or 13th in all of baseball. So it's almost like at this point they've just got an average bullpen. And I, I look at that like this, man. If you've got a winning clubhouse mentality, let those intangibles kick in and just boost this thing up, dude. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Um, let's do this, man. So let's go ahead and talk about the Milwaukee Brewers, man, because I know you're up there, up north. You probably got a lot of Brewers fans around. You see, I don't have any, man, because I'm in North Carolina now. But you're probably dealing with a lot of Brewers fans up there, and they got a good team, dude. Their offense, dude, full of studs, man. Jesus Aguilar be doing those dances when he hits home runs. Dude, I love the guy. He's got a great smile. Um, we know what Christian Yelich can do. Ryan Braun, he hits really good against the Cubs. Dude, what's your take on the wild card Brewers-Cardinals um, situation, man? What do you think about that? Brewers-Cardinals wild card. I got the Brewers uh, in that wild card because yeah. hopefully they'll ha- I think they'll, they'll probably get home field advantage and the Brewers, I don't see them losing to the Cardinals at home um, with the fans that they got there. So I, I would have to take the Brewers in a wild card. 
Okay, so paint this picture for me, man. You get a Brewers, Cubs, NLDS. What makes you nervous about what the Brewers could bring to the table and that the Cubs would have to watch out for? Well, I think what would make me nervous are, if if I'm looking at this Brewers team, right, they're a very young team that reminds me of the 2015 Cubs, and that right there kind of scares me, right? A young team getting in with the wild card, and if they win that wild card – Anybody in baseball, like we've seen before past years, the 2014 Royals, they went to the World Series and they won that wild card. They were the underdogs. And I think that could be the Brewers team as well. Get in with the wild card and ride the wave. Uh, you know, the last time these two teams have really been meeting, they've all been nail biters and playoff atmosphere baseball. And in my opinion, the Brewers are going to get more of a fight than the Cardinals come October. But who knows? Because if it is the Cousin Brewers NLDS, the I-94 rivalry is going to heat up big time. And you can just tell already by these two fan bases, right, mm-hmm. that this season with both teams competing for the Central, then the two MVP candidates on each team with Baez and Yelich, it's already heated. And it's going to be a real fun October in the last week of baseball to see how things shape up. The Cubs and the Brewers both have a series with St. Louis. So who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to get that number one or number two wild card? But I do think the Brewers are going to get that number one wild card. They're going to win the wild card game. And we're going to see a Cubs and Brewers uh, NLDS matchup. And just like 2015, we're going to have three teams in the NL Central make it to the playoffs and an NLDS between two Central teams. And who knows what can uh, what way it's going to go. But Man, it's going to be really good for the fans, I think. And even though I do live in Brewer Country up here in Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, and I'm kind of, and I'm kind of the outlier, it might give me a heart attack a little bit. And there might be games where I'm just going to shut off Twitter and my social media accounts <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, Cubs Live is still going to be 24/7 for anybody that's listening. I just want to plug that in there. But uh, that's right, that's uh, right. no, man, it's. I don't know if my heart could take it, but uh, I really hope it's going to be a Cousin Brewers uh, playoff. Uh, series in the NLDS because it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And the Brewers are going to give the Cubs a lot of fight, too. So we'll see what happens there. And I think, I, I man, I don't know. It's I, I, I'd be hard against – I would be – it would be very hard to bet against the Brewers right now in that wild card game. With the studs, like you said, I mean, they got Aguilar, they got Moustakis, who Moustakis kind of gives them that playoff experience that they don't really have. They have Christian Yelich, who's been on fire. Um, and then, obviously, they got Gio Gonzalez, too, that I don't know who starts uh, game one. If they do have a wild card game, who starts that you know game? But maybe Wade Miley, may, maybe Gio Gonzalez, who knows? But uh, they do have a good team over there, and they're going to give the Cubs a fight if we see the two teams play in the playoffs. Yeah, because starter-wise, man, yeah, Wade Miley's been pitching pretty good. Junior Guerra, I right. think, had, like, some pretty productive starts in there. Um, and then, obviously, Gio, man, I know his numbers have been pretty inflated this year. That whole Nationals thing was, like, a pretty big dumpster fire down there. But, yeah, man, the uh, – dude, the rivalry's heating up, man. Even when – what was it that Cole Hamill said, like, two or three weeks ago where he was like – it's not really a rivalry when you got a bunch of Cubs fans in the stands. Yeah. And there's no doubt, man, that that just put gasoline all over them flames, which, dude, I oh, love it, man. I love it, dude. Like, bring that stuff on, man. The NL Central, to me, nine times out of ten, is going to be your best division in baseball, dude, because multiple times they're getting three teams to go to the postseason, dude. And you can be hard all you want on the Cubs and be like, oh, well, they're not the 2016 Cubs. If they don't win 100 games, they're not good. Dude, they're playing in a tough division man even like the Pittsburgh Pirates are making moves and all these teams and I mean it's a tough tough division to play in no doubt but if we get yeah the NL Central 
sorry to interrupt you but just talking about divisions i think the nl central is very comparable to the al east the two toughest divisions in baseball i mean i i love i love the division and how competitive it has been for years dude it is 100 percent, man it's uh it's fun to watch dude but i know what you mean man with those brewers dude i'm like I'm watching him hit, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I think when the postseason starts, I might just shut off my social media too because I don't want to deal with – because I always tweet mostly, like, NL Central stuff, so I get a lot of Brewers and Cardinals fans, like, biting back at me, man. Like, are they giving you hell up north for being a Cubs fan right now? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I get it all the time. I get it all the time. Dude, my brother, no he's a, dude, my brother's a Cardinals fan, dude, and he's uh, he's tweeting me nonstop every day. Like, he'll just tweet me and like, uh, Cardinals highlights with, like, Tyler O'Neill's walk-off home run. So when I wake up every morning, like, my Twitter yeah. account is inundated with just, like, Cardinals stuff. And I know way too right. much about the St. Louis Cardinals now than I should because I'm getting attacked. <laughs> I'm getting bullied online is what it is by Cardinals I, fans <laughs> and Brewers fans. I hear you. Dude, it is Yo, crazy. These Brewer fans up here love the Christian Yelich, and they hate Javier Baez. The Brewer <laughs> fans just hate Javier Baez. And I guess, you know what, maybe if I wasn't a Cubs fan, maybe I would be like, ah, who's this guy? But I love I love when players play with passion, and that's what Javier Baez does. And it might irk people the wrong way, but they the Brewer fans sure love Christian Yelich, and they hate Javier Baez. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting if Javier Baez does win that NL MVP, what Brewer fans are going to say, but... I'm going to sit back and just kind of have a little grin on my, you know, grin on my face if bias does come through with it. Yeah, dude, I go back and forth on that, man, because I'm trying. So having a podcast, like I try to cover all teams and I find myself oftentimes like neglecting the Cubs because I don't want to come off as like too one sided. And I do my best to like think objectively in my head. Who's going to win this NL MVP? And do I think Javier Baez can actually win it? I think he can actually win it because kind of like what you had mentioned like that year when Chris Bryant won his MVP and Daniel Murphy like had a lot better stats than that. I think guys now like, you know, recognize like what he brings to the team and like playing these multiple positions. And I think he can, I for sure think he can win it. I think at this point, I don't know if I want to say there's more of a chance he does than doesn't because I'm awful at predicting stuff. I think like three weeks ago, I had predicted like uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks to win the NL West, and now they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> like that's how. So I, let's hope I, you bet on. So let's hope you bet on Christian Yelich and yep, Baez wins. The I'm going. Cri- order, right? dude, right. I'm going to go Christian Yelich to win the MVP. I'm going to curse this thing right now, dude. Christian Yelich wins the MVP. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers win the NL pennant. Hell, they win the whole damn World Series. Milwaukee gets their first <laughs> title. You heard it here first, I love guys. It. Perfect, dude. I love it. All right, man, we're at 37 minutes, dude. I think we can probably wrap this thing up, but before we do, I've just got to know, man, because you cover the Cubs 24-7, so if you're listening to this podcast, everybody, you probably already know Kyle, but if you don't, find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. He posts so much up-to-date information about Cubs baseball. He posts stuff that you would never know unless you read it. I'm talking like analysis, stuff that happens live, stuff that happens away from the scene. If you really want to dig into the back end of this Cubs team, and if you're excited about Cubs baseball, Kyle is your man on Twitter, at Cubs underscore live. So I kind of want to close the show with this, man. I kind of want to know something that you know that I don't know that you've seen with this Cubs team or that you've covered. So basically, what do you have to add to this? 
with the Cubs going to the postseason, what they're working on. Do you have anything that maybe we haven't talked about? Oh, man. Um, I think that the fact that Chris Bryant hasn't played all year and he's missed probably around 60 games, uh, the fact that the Cubs are the best team in the NL, and if Chris Bryant gets it going, I know everybody knows this, but I just want to add this, that the Cub, this might be the best year that Joe Madden has ever managed the Cubs. And, yes, I know he won manager of the year in 2015, and I've been seeing a lot of hate about Joe Madden lately, and there was rumors about him on the hot seat and whatnot, and, you know, those were denied. But I do want to say that this, in my opinion, may be the best year that Joe Madden has managed the Cubs. With all the adversity that the Cubs have faced, and that they're sitting in with that NL best record. Um, a lot of that has to do with Joe Madden and the player development the Cubs organization has showed. And I think that a lot of fans, if you're listening right now, haven't really appreciated that because Joe Madden, no other manager in Joe Madden's spot wouldn't have done the things that he's done with this Cubs team. And for that, I will always be thankful that the Cubs and Theo went out and got a guy like Joe Madden. Dude, you couldn't have ended it any better than that, man. Because, I mean, I read an article like two days ago about how the Cubs like celebrate after every win. And Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, had a conversation with Joe Madden. And when the Bears beat the Seahawks, like I think last week on Monday Night Football, they had a huge celebration after the game. And I think it was Matt that reached out to Joe just about, like, what he did in the clubhouse. And Joe Madden's influence isn't really even just within that clubhouse. Like, it's with the city of Chicago. And you even got, like, this NFL coach calling him to kind of see, like, you know, how he treats his team after victory. And the Bears had him a good old party after they beat the Seahawks. And I think you're 100% right on that because you've just been dealt like lemon after lemon after lemon. Or in Joe Madden's case, because he likes wine, just grapes after grapes <laughs> after grapes. Dude, and Joe Madden, man, he's just stomping on those grapes, dude, and he's making some good wine for all of us to drink. Absolutely. Dude. And, dude, I couldn't be more excited for this. Like, And I know, like, me and you, dude, have a ton of good conversation, and generally at some point in the podcast – I think me and you both get like a little bit like sentimental and thankful for like what we're seeing. And you said it best in that statement right. where you were like, Theo Epstein went out and hired this guy. And yeah, a lot of people are critical of what Joe Madden does. And I think they're like that because Joe likes to break the rules. Like when he has his American Legion week and he's like, just come to the ballpark before the game. You know what I mean? Or when... Like, he's created this environment to where Anthony Rizzo gets on a plane in full uniform and flies to the Nationals in D.C. and doesn't <laughs> even bring a change of clothes. And right. even like that time, Clint Hurdle got pissed at Javi Baez because Javi flipped his yeah. bat because he popped out. The reasons that everybody hates Joe Madden or questions what he does, it's those exact things that make the thing work. Because he treats the guys like human beings. Like, let's just have Absolutely. American Legion Week. Just come to the park when you're ready to play. Whatever. And no other team does that. And when you run into this sport that has all these unwritten rules, Joe Madden sits back and says, well, let's just win, man. Let's just act like normal people <laughs> and just win a ball game. And that's what he does, man. It. And I love it, dude. I cannot wait for this postseason. Kyle, dude, it was so awesome to have you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
Quentin, I always love coming on. Anytime you want to talk baseball, Cubs baseball, I am your man. So Dude. appreciate you, Quentin. And for just just your knowledge about baseball as a whole – Dude, it is so – I am so appreciative of it. So I appreciate you, my man. Dude, that's awesome, man. I'll Venmo you the 50 bucks after because you said that. So thanks, dude. <laughs> All right, dude. Have a You're good night, man. It's good talking to you. All right. Later, appreciate dude. you, my man. And that was the episode, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving us a listen. And remember, if you want a couple free Greatest Show on Dirt stickers, all you have to do is give the podcast a review. You can do that on iTunes. You can do it on Google Play, and you can even do it on Facebook. Um, all you need to do is give us a five-star review. Tell us why you love us. Take a screenshot of that review and slide into our DMs, and we'll send you a couple stickers. You can put them wherever you want. You can decorate your house HGTV style. Just put the greatest show on dirt stickers on your wall, on your front door, on your car, on your computer, on your kid's face so they'll stop screaming. Do whatever you want to do with the sticker. They're great. And we can't thank you enough for listening and supporting the show. You can find us on Twitter at Greatest Show on Dirt, Instagram at Greatest Show on Dirt, and on Facebook at Greatest on Dirt as well. So follow us. We do post a lot of uh, funny videos, informational videos, anything we could do to make baseball fun. That's what we do on social media. We just hang out and talk baseball. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. And you guys have an awesome day.